Set a difference club. Nice. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome once more to the Saturday <laughs> Friends Club. We're your Saturday group of friends who talk about movies and stuff. I'm Josh. Sabrina's here. I just saw some awesome biker mice from Mars porn. <laughs> Eric's here. Yeah, I'm here. And uh, <laughs> our enabler of this episode. Kyle's here. I'm here. I'm also the enabler of said biker mice porn, and I hold no regrets. (laughs) It's also like nearly 10 years old, it sounded like. Uh, Oh, I didn't put my signature on any of these. Oh, well. Oh, well. Stolen my stuff now. Mm. Oh, yes. Holy. That's amazing. (sighs) He's my favorite. This is this is a wrong hole to go down on right now. Uh, oh no, I mean, nor it's the right hole. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Anything's the right hole if you're brave enough. Eric, let's restart let's, the episode. Yeah, I don't. This yeah, is... let's keep let's keep work at work. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, welcome to this episode of the Saturday Friends Club, where I guess we look at porn before the episode. <laughs> okay, this we show gotta... is not made for children. Okay, this is for adults to feel nostalgic about being. Old, and okay. porn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Apparently, this is like the. Well, I mean, it is after dark now. Yeah. After dark. I mean, this is this is what this is what everybody wants now. You know that are you know podcasts about tr- crime. Oh, so. you know, my boss said w- what we should do. He said, "Oh boy, <laughs> oh no." He suggested that we. Uh, do a podcast where we watch porn and then talk about it. <laughs> no, I had an idea. Okay, so uh, uh, my best friend and I actually had this very same idea where, oh, um, oh come on, is, is it, it now you, that like, I can't remember? No, yeah, yeah, we were gonna call it like, did you ever watch, uh, what should we call it, um, The Good Place? Uh-huh. Okay, great sitcom, by the way. Um, one of the characters has this place that he calls his Bud Hole. Uh, so we were gonna we were gonna call it Butthole Buddies, and we were gonna watch whatever porn and criticize it. On... I was, I'm imagining more like a Mr. Science Theater kind of thing. That that is kind of like Crow. what we had in mind. Oh my god! So you could hear like people having sex in the background as they're watching it. Yeah, yeah. That'd be It'd hilarious. be like. I mean, the only thing I could think of that would be more awkward is because I mean, you guys have gotten some brief history on her already, but like. I would love to sit down and watch some of my favorite gay porn with my mother just to see what she Oof. thinks about my taste. <laughs> I don't know where to begin I with this one. I would not be able to do that with my mother. That would be, like, super awkward. She would ask way too many questions. Why do you like this? I mean, she freaked out when she saw the packaging of that one toy I had. <laughs> she, the packaging was enough? Well, I, it had the picture of the thing, oh, okay. and she got super concerned, and I'm like, I don't know why. I'll, I'll put it this way. One one time I did bring home a, a particular uh, gentleman that I was dating, and my mother, uh, I did not introduce him yet as my date, uh, but I was like, Mom, this is Michael, Michael, this is my mom, Linda. Yeah, yeah. She's like, okay. And he's just like, oh, where's the restroom? I'm like, oh, just up the stairs. And so he went into that, and she looked at me, he's like, he's gay, isn't he? And I was like, yeah. He's like, you're so fucking lucky. <laughs> Because <laughs> he was hot. <laughs> right. Oh my god. Your mother is like in the stories I've heard in the last like ten minutes. 
Like, Your mom just sounds like she should have her own like reality TV show. I'm pretty sure that reality TV could not handle my mother. <laughs> <laughs> no, she just she sounds like she's like you know she gets it. She's uh, I, I'm the boy version of her more or less. That's <laughs> I'm amazing. Just very straightforward about everything. Mm-hmm. That's where I get it from, honestly. I and, wish I could be that way with my mom. But she's Asian, so you can't. You can never be that way with an Asian mom. But if you ever become an Asian mom, you're never going to be able to do it. I'm not a breeder. <laughs> this is a very difficult segue. Uh, yeah, how do we? How do we massage? Talking about kids. How do we? Oh uh, yeah. We have to. We have to creatively massage this back into our. Yeah, I was going to say. Thing. Speaking. Speaking of potentially neglected children, uh, why don't we talk about Last Action Hero, hey. which is mostly about a mostly neglected child? Uh, or, or yeah, at some point, <laughs> his father's Duke Nukem. Uh, uh, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> His dad is dead, isn't he? Yeah, like, in the movie. Like, yeah, adopt- she says she's a widow. His adopted <clears throat> father. I I just noticed right. that I, I didn't realize that Schwarzenegger's outfit in this is Duke Nukem. <laughs> he essentially is. Um, oh gosh. Okay, so uh, so this was your choice. This this was my choice for a number of reasons. Um, mainly being like, if if okay, let's say if you're a fan of Deadpool who constantly breaks the fourth wall on things, this is kind of like an earlier version of that kind of a movie where it, it's all. So the, lot, mo- the movie of, of itself is not aware that it's a movie of itself, but it is a movie about getting into a movie and being aware that you're in a movie. So it's like levels of shit are going on. And that's one of the things that I love the most about it. It's, it makes fun of every sort of um, like action movie trope. Right. Especially for like the hero and the and the and the uh, comic relief, it's it's making fun of all of them from like the early nineteen nineties and everything before that. I I think this movie needed some eye drops after all the winking it was doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, watching it now, it was it was still a treat for me because, like I said, I loved this movie when it came out in nineteen ninety three. I loved watching it again because um, I'm I'm a huge fan of really really awful obnoxious puns, um, <laughs> and this is this is not shy of those. I mean, you hear "I'll be back" like several times throughout the entire movie because it's got Schwarzenegger in it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, crap, I'm trying to remember the guy was Benedict. Yeah, Benedict was the guy with the the glass eye, right? Yeah, yeah. So Charles Dance, who is in Game of Thrones. Yeah, I was gonna say. And like, when I watched Game of Thrones for the first time, that's what threw me back to like, holy shit! You know what I haven't seen in forever? Last Action Hero. I saw that and I was like, where have I seen this guy before? Like, oh my god! It's... Oh yeah. Who does he play in Game of Thrones? <laughs> he he's the uh, the <laughs> eldest <laughs> Lancaster. Yeah. <laughs> that's you know, you're Lan- not wrong. Game of Thrones of Lancaster, Pennsylvania. <laughs> yes. Oh Charles, time has not been kind to you. Um, oh, he plays the the dad. Lannister, Lannister, yes, oh, eldest Lannister. Okay, he is Peter okay. Dinklage's uh, father. Okay, yeah, the dick. Yeah, yeah, gets. The, oh wait, I oh, shouldn't yeah. spoil the one, that. The one dick on Game of Thrones. <laughs> well, I don't know. His, his, of of his, the of the many others, his dictum was pretty bad. <laughs> All right, Tywin Lannister. His end was real poopy. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was a real shit ending, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Too 
busted a crap in his that way. No. <laughs> I, I wish we could have cut from that pun right into like the Game of Thrones theme. I could cut. I could cut that pun into this. There you go. Uh, we should say Josh has discovered uh, the buttons that play noises and the soundboard. Oh. Yeah, see, th- these are the these are the sounds that you're gonna we need. Joshua, for... we're all down. Good. Down. Nope. Bad. Knock it off. Bad. Don't make me spray you. Actually, it's a water spray. Hold on. No, Joshua. We'll use the compressor. Come back. Come back. Come back. No. Okay, that is not a spray. That's close enough. That's a splash. That's a sploosh is what that is. Which which nothing about this movie made me do, but it was still a great movie. Okay, so who has had uh, past experience with Last Action Hero? Me. Obviously me. Okay, Sabrina. Well, what was your experience? I don't know. I just remember seeing. All right, Nito. When I was a kid, because I watched a lot of Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. <laughs> I watched it on Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. She took a baby talk there out of nowhere. I didn't mean to. Arnold Schwarzenegger. I can't talk for long periods of time. I start. I start losing the ability to speak clearly. <laughs> you know what, Eric? Hey, you are you are within kicking distance. <laughs> she's she's prepared. She's ready to just. And I got my ass kicking boots on today. <laughs> they are pretty kick ass. I will admit. So yeah, uh, I have not seen this before. Uh, I had heard of it. I always heard it's like, oh, it's that movie that makes fun of a lot of the stuff. But nope, never seen it. Yeah, and I had never seen it before either. I'd seen pretty much just the movie you know, posters for it and been like, oh, it's an Schwarzenegger movie. That's a thing. He's got a lot of those. He's holding a kid. Is this like Kindergarten <laughs> Cop? This might just, be Kindergarten he's Cop. He's way better than Kindergarten Cop. I mean, anything really is if you think about it. But not a tumor. It's not, not a, a tumor. tumor. Uh, no, so, I mean, like, you had you had moments in this movie where, uh, like, okay, the kid, like, the entire time trying to prove to Arnold Schwarzenegger or... Jack Slater that he's in a movie and just seeming to fail almost every time as they go through it. But I think my favorite segment of him trying to do that is like trying to be like, okay, well, what's your phone number? Five, 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 three, two, one, or whatever. And then your, what's your phone number? Five, 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 blah, blah. Okay. How many people are yeah. there in LA? About eight or 9 million. Okay. There are only 9,999 variations of a five, five, five number. And then he turns it around. He's like, well, yeah, that's why we have area codes. It's like, <laughs> did, did, like oh god five 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 numbers by the way if they don't do that anymore they, they can't use five 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 numbers anymore because i think they actually had to introduce them or something i don't know i just remember that like huh. now in movies like for a more believable phone number mm-hmm. i think it's they can do an actual phone number but the area code does not work because it's a it's it's like a movie area code now. oh okay oh, interesting so um, they've they've changed things since then. Like that which brings me to what I was going to say is like that bit doesn't really work if you've never watched an older show or movie where they're like, uh phone number is five 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 blah 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 blah. Right. Because uh back in the day that would basically keep people from trolling other people. It's like, oh yeah, I'm totally gonna call this number and it's just a disconnected line that doesn't even work. It's right. it's a Hollywood number. It, mm-hmm. it, it's nothing. Um that's probably one of my favorite stupid little moments of that because they go to a blockbuster of all things, yeah. a blockbuster yeah, that, video when they do all this. I love like well they, they they do some shots where you can clearly see the movies that are on for rental and they're all just like oh boy here we go 
Blockbuster. Ev- I remember this place. Everything from 1993 and before. <laughs> I remember. I, yeah, I can. I can smell the stale popcorn and the stained carpeting. Oh it's all yeah, coming right back. Oh yeah, the sound of people going through uh, the VHSs to find the one that's like, oh, maybe this movie's in the wrong place. Oh lord, I, uh, the weird kids standing in front of the anime section, going like, I can't tell if this is porn or not, but I'm probably gonna rent it. <laughs> I, but I remember going to Blockbuster. Like, God, we we didn't stop going to Blockbuster until maybe the early 2000s is when we finally stopped going. That sounds about <clears throat> like there. I mean, for me, actually, Blockbuster was the place you went when the local video maniacs did not have what you were looking for. So we had one of those like right down the street, so we we had like a local movie place. Huh. So wait, wait, wait. So, so you had a local one, like it was like a mom pa type rental shop, right? No, I mean I think Video Maniacs was a chain, but like they were a smaller. I was one. gonna say it had to have been a small chain because like like the, the biggest one that I remember growing up is like you either had a membership with Blockbuster or Hollywood Video. Yeah. Oh yeah, Hollywood yeah, Video yeah, yeah, was yeah. another one. Yeah, that was their biggest competitor, and then Netflix came out as the series where not a series, the but red, like, little, as a, little, red as like a little red envelopes, mm-hmm. and they're like, hey. What if we just put everything on the internet? <laughs> <laughs> and it's brilliant. Now, now you can do everything on Netflix, or you can just go to a red box, and where if you don't return it after so many days, it's pretty much yours until you decide to pay that fee. <laughs> <clears throat> that's a great. Yeah, that's great. Uh, but my okay. So, but my actual favorite moment in this movie, though, is not necessarily just that where he's trying to prove to him that he's in a movie. Um, <sighs> Well, well sh- shall we go ahead and start getting into the details so you can I, enjoy, you can savor it when it comes up? I, I you know I think I will because it's it, I want to hear more what what you two who have not seen and were were politely forced I guess to watch <laughs> this. Um, I can already tell that you didn't like it in many in some ways at least, but I yes I I yeah. have things to say about it. Um, I I want I I think this I, I'm actually glad I saw this because this movie is I think. Ahead of its time in in the ways that it did not work, right? I also I'll I'll preview by saying that. All okay, right. cool. Well, cool. let's go ahead and get down to it. Let's oh, yeah. go ahead and start the fun that is the last action hero. Action Heroes, a 1993 American fantasy comedy action film directed and produced by John McTarran. It is a satire of the action genre and associated cliches containing several parodies of action films in the form of films within the film. The film stars Arnold Schwarzenegger, who I met in real life and is smaller than me, uh, as Jack <laughs> Slater, a Los Angeles police detective within the S- Jack Slater action film franchise. Uh, Austin O'Brien co-stars as a boy magically transported into the Slater universe. Yeah. 
It didn't happen. That's, 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 we we that's, nailed it, guys. That's on the nose. <laughs> it is what Wikipedia says about this movie. Um, yeah, this is this is um, this is an interesting one. We, we, is that is that how you're gonna? Well, okay. It, it, it's a it's a genre. It's a, it's a like very bold face. Like it's a genre parody. It's like, hey guys, like this is making fun of this genre. And I feel like that was ahead of its time. Like, I mean, like Naked Gun was kind of a genre parody. But like <laughs> anything with Leslie Nielsen is great, by the way. Well, Go yeah, on. yeah. And I, I, it's those movies are so stupid, but I love them. Um, <laughs> it's it, it's weird. In this movie, is like it's it's parroting a genre, which which is funny that it's coming in 1993 because like that genre had I think I guess kind of peaked at that point. But it feels like there were still this kind of movie being released well in the early 90s. Oh, definitely cuz I mean uh we we had more of the uh, lethal many weapon le- movie How movies. many lethal weapons are left? <laughs> right? No, I think I think we finally done them all. Uh there's the the lethal weapons um then uh oh my gosh, I'm totally blanking on this one. Oh, this um, there's really ones, but it- there's there's lethal weapon and then there's the other one, uh the other series. Um I'm Die Hard? Die Hard, oh. yes, thank you, thank you. Die Hard was probably my favorite, by well, the way, yeah. even though I completely fucking spaced on its name. I was just like, the the, the one had Mel Gibson, hate Mel Gibson, <laughs> and the other one has, what, you know, but, Bruce but, but, Willis. What, what about yeah. Mel Gibson's mullet in Lethal Weapon? I mean, the, his mullet gets a pass, but Mel Gibson's a crazy <laughs> piece of shit, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. But so it's weird that this is a, it's a genre parody, and I would, like, there was a there's been a recent resurgence in this kind of movie. Uh, if people have seen either Kung Fury or Turbo Kid, I think this is an interesting point of conspiracy. Oh my God, Turbo Kid! Yes, okay. Well, I'm saying so. I think Turbo Kid, this movie is to Kung Fury, like it is the Kung Fury of its day versus Turbo Kid, which is also a genre parody. But Turbo Kid works and is brilliant, whereas Kung Fury falls very flat. And I think this movie falls flat in the same way in that. This movie doesn't really have its own story. It's just a series of gags. It, it yes, yeah. I, I and know. It, I I totally see what you're com- where you're coming from because like there's no real established <laughs> plot because it's supposed to be a movie about a kid watching his favorite movie series and right. he's in the fourth one of which we have no real plot other than uh what is it this guy has killed his uh, jack slater's second cousin which is his favorite cousin for right. some reason well, it's, it's and like, it's a and it's a vengeance story that it's supposed to be anyway and i feel like they conquer the vengeance way early on right. and then it just turns into this like derailed shit show of, of hilarity and, and, and well and granted the way that the movie was originally written was far more of like the satire action and eventually, during the rewriting of the script, became more of like the bring in the kid, bring in the family aspect, bring in the weird story of like, you know, time, not really time travel, but sto- story within a story. Like it became that later. Yeah. Um, yeah. This this movie like clearly was this movie was re- completely reconstructed uh, in editing. Um, but so I say like, I, I think in a way like. Versus Kung Fury, which is just like a series of gags and references, versus Turo Kid, which actually very sincerely has its own story and is really good. And I feel like that's what this movie was missing. Yeah. So yeah, that 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 I think that was my criticism of it. It did have some really good gags in it. Um, there are some yeah some very some meta jokes and everything like that. I think Schwarzenegger. I, I think it's funny to see this as like this is a, a blow in the 
the '90s Stallone versus uh, Schwarzenegger rivalry. Oh yeah. Uh, two two insane geriatric maniacs who are now in the Expendables together. Yay! All right. Well, let's go ahead and we, roll we, through. We we the fight when we made up. Now we make <laughs> now we make these shitty movies. You people to come and watch them. So we have Danny Madigan played by Austin O'Brien, a teenage boy living in a crime ridden area of New York City. He, he lives in New York from the Warriors. <laughs> More or less, <laughs> it is the worst area of New York as it displayed later in the movie. It's like it's like eighties Hell's Kitchen in New York. It's like what? Where is this kid? With his widow mother Irene, played by Mercedes Ruth. Um, following the death of his father, Danny takes comfort in watching action movies, especially those featuring the indestructible Los Angeles cop Jack Slater, Arnold Schwarzenegger, at his local movie theater owned by Nick Robert Prosky. Uh, who Nick, a.k.a. played by Robert Parsky, uh, who acts as the projectionist. Nick gives Danny a golden ticket once owned by Harry Houdini, not featured in this film, uh, <laughs> to see an early preview of the latest Jack Slater film before its official release. Okay, I, 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 hold on. I want to take a pause because I, I need to do a tie back to a previous uh, Saturday Friends Club okay. episode. Um, what, what the hell is up with movies we're doing and like, Young impressionable boys being given magical artifacts by mysterious old men in a like in like a, a whimsical shop of wonders kind of situation because this is also a never ending story yes and also kind of flight of dragons a little bit and uh, does, does it count with the sorcerer's apprentice with uh, Nicholas Cage and uh, oh God <laughs> just curious well, we've done like it's never ending story how many of these movies are there in which it's like the the young boy who's got you know, he's got he's having trouble with the bullies or his father's dead or something and he's they're given I mean, like a magical artifact. It, by, I just want to say I I was a young boy who was bullied. My father was dead, and no creepy old man in any shop ever tried to give me a magical artifact. Probably a good thing. <laughs> I feel like that was a trope in the a big trope in the eighties and nineties. It was. It's just so. It's it, on retrospect. It's really weird. Like, well, I hate to say it, but like the the eighties to nineties, and like even currently, there are a lot of kids growing up without without dads or magical of, artifacts. Yeah, yeah, or magical <laughs> artifacts because wars happened and uh, and and conflicts in areas that I don't, I'm not sorry, I'm not taking this to a political place. I'm just saying like well, this was tried to make relatable to many children because broken families, yeah. um, people who lost uh, uh, family members due to like uh, war times or just uh, as a result from previous war times. Uh, my father sp uh, specifically uh, passed away as a result of Agent Orange several years after the mm. fact. But mm. um, so that was the trope of like these kinds of movies. It's like mm. there are a lot more kids with single parents than there are like people who have the cookie cutter family of like mother, father, brother, sister, dog, cat, uh, two story house. The dog has a know. bandana. Yeah. Right, right, and it's probably named Buck or Buddy or something like that. <laughs> Buddy! That's funny, I think maybe also the 80s, there was more, I mean, cultural norms are shifting, and it's more acceptable to show, like, not necessarily dysfunctional, <clears throat> but no, but families where there's a missing parent or something. What, what would be yeah. considered right. non-traditional. Right, because, like, the 80s was both trying to establish that leave-it-to-beaver kind of family mentality, like, through the, like, not to sound like a weird conspiracy theorist, but like there were things like the government was doing to try to make things like that whole like 1950s nuclear family, trying to keep that dream alive in the 80s while like Hollywood was just like, hey, guess what? Uh, the normal is different now. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. It, 
Yeah, in the no, in the fifties, they there would we definitely that we definitely spent a lot of money on these weird and dubiously effective propaganda campaigns. Oh yeah. So see, quick uh, <laughs> quick run through. So we have Danny who barely goes to school and spends all day at the movie theater, I, which I, that movie theater is trash. Yeah, though, though amazing looking, it's enormous. It's enormous. It's beautiful, but it's also like torn to shreds it's and it looks awful yeah. and it, but, yeah. it's like, but it's like an it's like a classic art deco theater it's mm-hmm. like yeah. how is this property not in, unbelievably valuable even in the 80s bad part of town Be, i uh i guess it just feels uh, i mean i i don't i don't know like i know nowadays a property like that would not be put to waste because it's not like you can just rebuild something like that and it does yeah. have a bit of nostalgia to it nowadays i know we wouldn't let that happen but back yeah. then Th- theaters get restored nowadays yeah. these days like but back then who knows i guess it just there's I guess probably a lot of theaters like that were torn down to be honest well, back then yeah again because they're in the warriors universe so there might have been like a gang battle outside oh absolutely driven down property values no the, the warriors came out and played there's just a guy in, with in, bottles on his <laughs> yeah, fingers exactly. just going by no because even in the movie the guy said like that was his last night that the next day they were going to demolish the building which by the way they never like do the classic thing of like we're gonna save the theaters like nope goodbye they don't do a uhf yeah yeah they don't try that so during the film the ticket stub magically transports danny inside of the fictional world of the film (coughs) interrupting slater in the middle of a car chase i think we should state before this that we had a few scenes with slater that were ridiculous i like the oh yeah i like the hamlet one that was funny Oh no, my god, yeah, no, 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 he's was... fantasizing like of Arnold Schwarzenegger. I want to see Arnold Schwarzenegger's <laughs> Hamlet. That would be just tits. <laughs> to be or not to That's be. That's point point <sighs> not, not to, to be. be. <laughs> <laughs> that was so good. No, no, my favorite part is like now as an adult, I can appreciate one other aspect of it. The the high contrast of blue versus red or orange yeah. in every scene. It's just like, it's the perfect like way to to really like emphasize a moment or a thing in a right. scene in a movie is yeah. to do high contrast blue with orange or red yeah as as like so, so watching that losing my shit to like all of this hamlet like when his when his stepdad comes up from behind the curtain just blasts him away with a semi-automatic i was just like yeah. what is going on <laughs> yeah that why was, is this amazing that was, i think that was that was a singularly like good like it's just like perf- perfect moment in this like, movie if it could have found a way to keep that up for the entirety of the movie like it'd be just like yeah this is a banger like yeah, yeah this, this is, is perfect this is killing it yeah but unfortunately it does not um anything else before we move on to the car chase no 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 car right. chase it away let's I do like it that, I, I like that well yeah they're hitting every genre trope i i i did get a good laugh out of he like he picks up the thing of cars and it's like five four <laughs> Like okay, that that was like that was a good one. Okay, I like the, the, yeah, the bomb. Oh yeah, it's blow, blowing, bomb! Up, blowing up his second cousin with the yeah. That was that was pretty brilliant actually. All right, so um, let's see. Slater takes Danny to the LAPD headquarters, oh, which appears oh. to be a beautiful hotel. It's no, it's you know, I think that's the LA Convention Center. Oh okay. Uh, I think I remember when we watched Starship Troopers, it was like the the high school, like the the recruitment center was the same building. Hmm. Oh like, weird! That's like I, I it's someone I, I know went to went to Comic Con and they're like, oh, that's the like that's the convention center. Oh weird! And I think it just gets used for movies. So if you need a, it's got all those like crazy cross beams where they're all in big metal triangles. So it looks kind of futury. It, it was really good because the like it was the movie version of a. <coughs> 
of a, you know, police station that would never exist. Right. It's like a police station, but also like a Hooters and like. Like it's yeah, huge what, and open. Oh yeah, you know what? With the uh, the vinyl uh, leather wearing cops. Uh, yes. Oh yeah. Which, by the way, only the women, of course. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and the one where, thank you, brain. Where the it's just this woman. She's wearing this all like nice looking like all black outfit, except she's got like these metal oh, tit yes. covers. Yes. <laughs> like not pointy like the Madonna cones, but like obviously Sculpted. tit covers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I like the I uh, the gag later where there's just the guy and all he does is just pair up like disparate pairs of cops oh 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 <laughs> god oh, yes. the one... <laughs> sorry no, no no let's let's do the chase and we'll get to that okay <laughs> yeah well we did that was the chase that we've was done the, the chase. chase okay all right well, yeah, if there's, he, he if there's anything the you want to say he gets sucked in the movie and he like i, I like the uh the guy's just like driving and firing automatic weapons and just totally missing but he gets sucked in the movie and he's in the back of the car and i like that he's driving like, this shitty like I don't know what the hell even that thing is. Like a massive boat of a car in like puke green. And he's just like powering up ramps and doing this crazy stuff. <laughs> like the bullets from the bad guys are actually making the cop car that got turned over. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Just, yeah. Just, Oh, yeah, that was rotating. crazy. Like it's just rotating, just rotating. It's I, not I, like... I love it when uh, when the, when their truck, like uh, the truck goes over like a fucking ramp of some kind. And the guy who's standing in the back before the truck even gets to the ramp, he seems to just be soaring yeah. out the back <laughs> of it. Like, he's like... <laughs> yeah, they, they, they have a lot of fun with, like, bad, making fun of bad wire work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that was... See, this is this is why the I The beginning of the movie is really good. I, I, love, I love the part where they... I forget what, where they're coming from, but they land on top of this Coca-Cola truck yeah. and then down in front of it... And then as they're driving away, yeah. you see this other car come out and it totally misses and just crashes and explodes. Um, and it's just funny watching which, it flip and totally And, and it's almost failed. made better because the explosion is like <laughs> obviously it's, CGI and really bad. Well, also it's, like, so, it's, far, awesome. also it's so far away so all you hear is... <laughs> yeah, it's like the movie starts off strong and, oh but like as soon as the movie starts like like laughing itself... I think is when it begins to fall apart. Yeah. So uh, what happens is we're at the LAPD headquarters um, and Danny points out the fictional nature of the world, such as the presence of a cartoon cat detective named Whisker, played by Danny DeVito. What Again, DeVito and Schwarzenegger, what is going on? Like They, they were practically married in the 90s. You, could, you could say that they were twins. No, no. They, they, oh, my gosh. Schwarzenegger, DeVito is Schwarzenegger's Schneider to Stallone. Oh my God, he is! Oh <laughs> Boom. no! We just broke that. This movie, yeah, this movie is demolition. Can we guys. please have a movie with Stallone, Schneider, and Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito? I think that would be amazing. Well, and I think that it should be in the cards. Yes, let's make it happen, people. The, Before Danny DeVito gets, becomes any more of a gross troll. The other thing that he points out is that Slater's friend Jack Practice, who is F. Murray Abraham, God, the it, actor. F. Murray Abraham is a fucking soldier in this movie. Is he's, he's so good. He happens to be the same actor who was the antagonist that killed Mozart and Amadeus and that he shouldn't be trusted. <laughs> I love that he mentioned that. Which, by the way, we need to do, we, we, we need to do that movie. Yeah. Yes, we do. That's a great movie. But yeah, if Murray, I'll get in on that. If Murray Abraham having a lot, I think I think having a lot of fun doing this movie. I feel like 
Slater takes these as part of Danny's wild imagination. Slater's supervisor, Decker, Frank McCray, assigns Danny to it as his new partner and instructs them to investigate criminal activities related to mobster Tony Vivaldi. Because that makes sense. Yeah. Well, but the good oh. thing is, is that the kid remembers all the information from the earlier part of the movie. Yeah, but don't you think it's funny he references the other guy being the guy that kills Mozart and then the bad guy in this movie is named Vivaldi? A little bit. Because he's another composer. I think Vivaldi is a 19th century composer. Who cares? It's it's another composer is all I'm saying. No, I totally see where you're coming from. It's just, yeah. Interesting. (laughs) Like, did they do that on purpose? With everything else that they did in this movie, I would not be surprised if they did that on purpose. Yeah, because yeah. that's not exactly like a popular Italian name that I've heard before. Like it's the Siciliano. only the only Vivaldi I know is the composer. So, I mean, not that I know that many Italian people. So, saying. Danny gl- guides Slater to Vivaldi's mansion, having recognized the location from the start of the film. There, they meet Vivaldi and his henchman, Mister Benedict, played by Charles Dance. Danny, like, played by like the the, the, the King L- Lannister. Yes, Tywin Lannister. <laughs> Danny explains the criminal deeds that the two had carried out earlier in the film, but Slater has no evidence, and they are forced to leave. However, Benedict is curious as to how Danny knew what transpired, and he and several hired guns follow Slater and Danny back to Slater's home. <laughs> there, actually, it wasn't Slater's home; it was his ex-wife's home. It was okay. his ex-wife's and daughter's home, I <laughs> yeah. believe. Yeah. There, Slater and his daughter, Whitney, played by Bridget Wilson, and Danny thwart off an attack, although Bennett ends up getting the ticket stub. He discovers Bennett being the bad guy, as we know, because things are moving very quickly and things are about to change. He discovers that it has the ability to transport him outside of the film. And things start to turn. Yeah. <laughs> so the the scene following this this one, uh, well, not not them going back to the the, the or rather uh, chance dance. Sorry, whatever. Um, Lannister. There we go. Uh, not, <laughs> yeah. Not, not just going back to him, You're like discovering it. that he can. Yeah, I know. I'm so good at this, right? I'm so good at this movie. Um, I so I posted this on my Twitter earlier. It, there's a there's a benefit to watching movies like this with the closed captioning on that I just want to share real quick. Is the scene after um, uh, he goes back to the mansion or whatever and discovers that he can sort of push his hand out of reality. You go to the scene of uh, Schwarzenegger and Danny, and uh, they're talking to their chief of police, I guess. And I just want to say, to quote in the movie, I I saw the line. I got the California Raisins doing an all-male version of the Diary of Anne Frank. He's, like, screaming incoherently at them. Yeah, it's what, it's what the it, blowhard, like, director of the police. You're out of line, like, McGar- <laughs> I want your badge! I, I also like in that shot where, like, when they first go to his, like, he's shouted so loud that the glass on his door is broken, and in this <laughs> shot, all of the glass and all the windows and office is broken. But, yeah, in, in, his, in, in, in his incoherent rambling, he's got steam coming out of his ears, and they say that... That line is buried amongst the rambling. Yeah, yes. that, that line is buried amongst the rambling, along with something that had to do with, like, uh, Cocoa Tunnel, uh, Hershey Highway, um, 
there were so many more different, like, incoherent ramblings that I, I love whoever did the closed captioning for this because, like, for you to actually sit there long enough and listen in and actually hear these things yeah. and put them out there, it's you're, you are a god to me. That's all I got to say. Oh, one of my favorite parts about that, that set is right behind, at least in the first scene when they're in the office with him, for some reason he has a TV directly behind him and it was playing Thunderstorms and forest fires behind him. <laughs> I think later when they're when they're in the like the, inter- the interrogation room and they've just got like a spinning 3D like Los Angeles Police Department logo like it's like a bad 90s movie. Uh-huh. I thought that was a nice touch. Uh see. Uh so <laughs> Slater learns of Evaldi's plan to murder his rival mob by releasing a lethal gas at the funeral atop a skyscraper. Uh what was the guy's name? Fart. Fart. It lasted. It was definitely something. The fart, like Johnny the fart. I think it was Frankie the fart. Frankie the fart. I think. I get. You know, I. I. I he, just watched it and I can't remember. But he knew he would pass gas <laughs> one more time. <laughs> it was way. It's like it was really the best fart joke in cinema history that I have ever seen. It, they definitely went the links on that stinker. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> he and Danny had to stop it, but are waylaid by practice, who reveals Danny was right that he was working for Vivaldi. Whiskers arrives to save Slater and Danny's lives. So we have the the Danny DeVito cat. <laughs> hey, I'm in this movie. Uh, for a second time. And the two are able to prevent any deaths by the gas release by dropping Mr. Fart into the tar pits. I like that it's like, it was also like, it's like the fountain arrangement at a hotel. It's just the tarp, one of the tar pits. Oh, yeah. Just, just it, it, by the way, because it, I don't know who has seen the movie or who, who is never going to watch the movie, but the guy sets the bomb by reaching into the casket oh, God, yes. and pulling Frankie the fart's finger. And then that's when the timer starts. <laughs> I thought that, that was hilarious, This too. is why I said this is the best <laughs> fart joke in cinema history. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! I, I can't believe you guys oh, did that. Oh no no no! no. So, so get this. Okay, so like after after he after the fart drops into the tar pit, right? And you see that giant bubble explosion, but you know it's just it just happens. Yeah. Gabe not sitting two feet away from me. He's just like, oh, silent but deadly, I guess. And then oh. two seconds later, <laughs> Slater just drops it, silent but deadly. <laughs> Oh, it had to be said. It's like, it's like he wished for it and he got his wish, but he did not want that wish. <laughs> I don't know. This is going to be a hard contender between this and Blazing Saddles. Uh, we, mm. True. Mm. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen Blazing Saddles. I definitely want to see Blazing Saddles again, a movie that could never be remade. Mm, yes. No, sure. no. Oh, my God. They, uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, you cannot remake that movie now. All right. Uh, so Slater becomes despondent upon learning the truth. Uh, oh, wait. No, no, no. I, miss, I went ahead. Um, let's see. It's true, though. Says. So uh, he and Danny st- head to stop it, but are waylaid by practice. Da, da, da. Uh, they prevent any deaths by the gas release. Learning that Vivaldi's plan failed, Benedict kills him and uses the stub to escape into the real world, pursued by Slater and Danny. Now we get to the point where the movie isn't as good. Mm, I think it, I, I, I'd say it started a little before this, but maybe yeah. a little. But uh, Slater becomes despondent <clears throat> on learning the truth, as well as his morality in the real world, but cheers up after spending some time with Irene. Meanwhile, Benedict devises a plan to kill Arnold Schwarzenegger 
the actor who plays Slater at the premiere of the film for the we were watching and kind of part of yeah he he was he was getting a premiere of the movie before the premiere of the movie which was Jack Slater 4 so yeah um Benedict's whole idea was that he wouldn't have to be stopped by uh, Slater in movies anymore if he was not available to act in them anymore, which is a very strange, but I guess accurate logic. Well, except the fact that if those movies don't exist anymore because the main actor's dead, then that character doesn't exist anymore That that universe doesn't exist as well, which I guess they weren't really thinking that far ahead when they were kind of trying to... Because here they're trying to make some kind of of another conflict. Like, they got this far, the villain gets out of the movie. Now what? Now what? Yeah, like, now what the fuck do we do? We actually have to write more of this, so what did we settle on? I think this was... I think, again, this was editing. It sounded like this movie had a lot of reshoots, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It had also had a really bad time. Edit the editing was a particularly bad thing since they had to do it in like <clears throat> an extremely like low crunch time. Didn't didn't the thing we were watching say nine weeks? Yeah, something like that. Like it was they had really, to, sh- it was ridiculously short. It was short. super short. Uh, let's see. So, um, so it attempted to kill Arnold Schwarzenegger, the actor that plays Slater at the premiere of the film, from which he can then bring other villains from other films into the real world and take over to help. Benedict brings the Ripper, Tom Noonan, to assassinate Schwarzenegger, who actually, that's a really kind of funny, like, it's an interesting scene because Tom Noonan, like, people actually go like, Tom, what are you doing? Why are you dressed like that? Come here, Tom, you know, and actually pulls him into a closet just to be like, listen, I I can can get a tux in a short period of time. Like, it's actually a pretty interesting scene. Where, yeah, yeah, yeah. where this fa- this per- person is just like, no, 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 I have to help you. But it's just this fictional character that's just like, I don't care. I got an axe. <laughs> yeah, it it seemed a little bizarre how, how that didn't really seem to register. Like, I mean, in, even in a real life situation, if an, if an actor shows up in full costume and starts pulling out an axe, I think somebody's going to have something to say. Probably. Right away. Uh, let's see. Danny and Slater learn this and race to the premiere. Uh, Slater saves Schwarzenegger, electrocute. Wow, this this goes fast because we have a moment where Schwarzenegger meets Slater more or less in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, then a little bit later, uh, he electrocutes the Ripper via some weird stuff. Danny's dangling over the edge in a similar way the sun was. Um. And after a bloody fight, he then kills Benedict by shooting his explosive glass eye. Because it was explosive. It was explosive. That was the second explosive glass right, eye. Right, we established the first one. Right. However, this also causes the stub to be destroyed. Not really, it just falls to the ground. Yeah, it falls It falls to the ground and then into another theater, which is where which I, is- I saw Ian McKellen for the first time on screen. Yes, was Slater oh, losing- that was Ian McKellen. Okay, I was wondering. Yep. Uh, with Slater losing blood, Danny knows that the only way to save him uh, is to return to the fictional world since he is indestructible there. The figure of death from the film The Seventh Seal, Ian McClellan, who had previously escaped his film, appears to Danny and suggests he search for the other stub of the ticket. Because, <laughs> duh! 
<laughs> we really needed death to appear to to let no, him we know needed this. Ian McKellen to oh, appear. Wait, Ian okay. May. Yeah, okay. Which, by the way, I wanted to say earlier. I can you really say a young Ian McKellen? Because <laughs> yeah, he was still kind of kind of old in that one too. Teeny but. bit. I mean, I it's like him and Patrick Stewart. Just like look, look. I feel like have always been kind of old. Yeah, Patrick Stewart. They they they, they are the actors that looked old early. I yeah. think it's, they matured faster than than the other boys and girls in school. And yes, <laughs> I like he's like in eighth grade and he still looks like that. <laughs> and he still looks like but I don't know John Luke Picard. <laughs> 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 All right, class, make it so. <laughs> I don't know why I just said that. He's, he's there just like trying to ask a girl to to prom. He just goes, engage. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, just to search for the other ticket stub. Danny finds the stub and is able to take Slater back into the film. His wounds instantly healing. Danny returns to the real world before the portal closes. A recovered Slater then enthusiastically embraces the true nature of his reality when he talks to Decker about his new plan appreciating the differences between it and the real world. And that is a pretty brief plot synopsis for oh. that, since there are so many, like, battles and fights and things that we did not even touch. I mean, it's it's unending. I'm not saying it's a great ending. It it it's it definitely could have been a lot better. Um, it just feels, especially, I, I don't know how much of this was editing and reshoots, but just, like, it just feels like, yeah, it didn't really resolve a whole lot. There was a lot of questions posed by this movie, and it did not answer a lot of them. Yeah, no, it it, it left more questions than it even tried to give answers to, yeah. for sure. But uh, it's also one of those movies that I've never really tried to take seriously at all. So it's like I've given it a pass on the things that just go unresolved or that don't make any sense because it's so... It's so absurd, and it knows that it is. And that's right. kind of why I give it the pass on it being an actual terrible movie. But it's a great terrible movie. But, but it's also parodying terrible movies. So it's more like, I feel like it falls on its face more than it actually accomplishes anything. Yeah, no, I can see that. I, I, I can definitely see that from the, especially since you're you're watching it years later. Yeah. So it's like. I guess my 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 experience with it was a little different because I had like a lot of those movies like Lethal Weapon and Die Hard and and whatnot right. fresh in my mind, um, and just like I'd seen so many things with Schwarzenegger, uh, Terminator, Total Recall, and Terminator Two, Judgment all Day, of, all of which are referenced in this movie. Every single one. Yeah. Um, the only thing that we didn't have was the uh, alien chick with three boobs. Um, <laughs> that's that's the next movie. next movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. But uh, yeah, so. I'm I am glad that it has affected your lives in at least some way. Yeah, it, I, again, I think it's odd. It's interesting that this movie came out when it did because it was like that. That genre is still going. It, it I think it actually might have done a lot better if it was released like sometime, say like ninety six, ninety seven. Yeah, late nineties. Yeah, because like uh, late ni- late nineties is when that genre was starting to die down, and we were starting to get things like Rush Hour. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, as we kind of, I think we mentioned the movie was more or less a bomb, um, but for kind of odd, well, for some specific reasons, one, as we mentioned, the movie is good if a little bit scattershot. Yes. Um, it has good scenes. Mm -hmm. The other thing was the fact that it released the week after Jurassic Park. Yeah. 
which was a uh, a little bit. So Universal moved Jurassic Park to June 11th, 1993, well after Sony had decided a June 18th release for Last Action Hero. So more or less put an enormous movie right there next to Last Action Hero. Yeah. Uh, the movie was rumored to have been the first advertisement placed on a space-going rocket. Hmm. That's a thing. Wow. Huh. Uh, the film was uh, capsized by the wave of negative publicity after a rough cut of it was shown to a preview audience on May Day. Sony then destroyed the test cards, and the world of mouth proved to be as catastrophic for the film. <laughs> the shooting and editing schedule was so demanding and so close to the June 18th release date that that the movie's disaster uh, that after the movie's disaster. A source close to the film said that they shouldn't have had Siskel and Ebert telling us the movie was 10 minutes too long. Uh, let's see. I, I'm, I, everyone's on Usenet just saying how much they hated this movie. It really, it really killed it. Yeah. On their, I, on their, on their, on their like, uh, 28K. <laughs> 28K and 93? Are you kidding me? They'd be like, if you had 14.4? I, I, I sometimes forget such things existed. Oh, God, no. Uh, wow, the internet. The early internet. Internet. And uh, I think the last one here that I have fun, minus the declared financial loss being $26 million. Last Action Hero is the first film to be released using Sony Digital, uh, Sony Dynamic Digital Sound, but only a few theaters were set up for the new format, and many of those experienced technical pr- problems with mm. the system. Insiders at Paramount reportedly referred to it as still doesn't do shit. Wow. <laughs> So I also want to point out that this this movie got 34% on Rotten Tomatoes, 44 on Metacritic, but 88% of Google users liked this movie and that's that's <laughs> yeah. that's a decent enough number. I, I the heart I, of the people. The heart of the people, the, yeah. the Google people, the real people. Um, so, or Google, or Google's like monstrous like algorithm that will clearly destroy all of us soon. I Skynet did, likes this movie. Yeah. Robot, enjoy, our robot overlords love this movie. I did enjoy the soundtrack. I thought the soundtrack was fun. Oh, there's some good like '90s like like metal rock. Yes. Oh my god! Oh no! Like, it's it's it so was, good. It was me. so ah. good. I was like, there was like a few parts where you, you were watching the scene and they just had the music playing mostly. And both me and Josh would every once in a while just go like, <laughs> just bob our heads to it. Yeah, give me that dad rock. All right, <laughs> dad rock. Yeah, no, that's totally what we'll call it now. No, don't call it dad rock. Oh, does that ruin it for you? I associate, I'm not like, a dad. Well, yeah, if you hear on the on like you know whatever we we joke about this in uh, what previous episode? Wait, what? Yeah, uh, we've uh, episodes episodes were like any music you hear. And which is on the radio stations of just like music, K Dad, music for like for oh, people who can't accept that the seventies are over. <laughs> it's we're gonna play the Stones and Zeppelin and nothing else. So essentially, it's one oh seven seven the bone. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our local station of just of like if you want to hear like I, you like you'll hear one Rolling Stones song every like three minutes. Do you want <laughs> to feel comfortable when you listen to the radio? <laughs> 1077 The Bone. I think my mom's seen more Zeppelin concerts because of The Bone than anybody else that I know now. Hell yeah. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Did you just keep winning tickets? Her her and her, her, and her boyfriend, yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> That's cool. Dude, they still go to they still go to see like Pink Floyd concerts, uh, Led Zeppelin, uh uh I guess oh God, 
the Grateful Dead, uh, oh, stuff like that. Wow. Um, they even went and saw the the band that uh, uh, Journey with the with the weird Filipino guy doing all the singing now. Oh, oh that's yeah. amazing. Which I've actually seen in concert as well, and it was a treat. But I just wish it was the original Journey because that would have been an even bigger treat. Yeah. But I mean, you know what? With members being dead and all, so right, it, it kind of puts a damper on things. Mortality. Yeah. 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 All right. I mean, you don't have to stop believing. So no, last, no. Don't last, stop believing. In fact. <laughs> last action hero, uh, Eric. Yeah, I. It just like as I said, I think it had, it suffers from the problems of like it's a parody. I think that came out too early to be a proper parody, and it like it's just it's mostly just gags, and I don't think I don't think it really I don't think it really succeeds as a satire of those genres. It's just like here are some crazy things that might happen in an action movie that we've we've taken to a cartoonish degree. And I think, yeah, I think it's not a good satire of the genre. If you like, but I mean, I don't know. I think, I think it falls in this weird middle ground where it's not a smart satire and it's not just totally like a naked gun movie. Mm-hmm. It kind of, it is neither here nor there. And I think it just kind of like doesn't have a place. That's fair. It's kind of two different movies that don't really yeah, come it, together to be one movie. The movie is fun when it, it is just parodying schlock, but then the movie, like, like about halfway through, it becomes another movie when they get to the real world, and now it's just, like, yeah. a weird time travel spy movie. It's like, I think I love Mozart. Oh, God, that scene. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Mom, you're going to turn him into a wimp. I think that that damage has already been done, Danny boy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think this movie, it has issues. I appreciate what it did. It had some genuinely good gags and good ideas going for it. Um, I don't think they had as much fun as they could with being sucked into an action movie. Yeah. Uh, it It is still, in my opinion, what probably like the best bad movie I've ever seen. <laughs> see, I wouldn't even class. I would not even classify this as a so as a like good bad movie. I think this is just like it's a it's a fun movie. It just is flawed. I think. Yeah, so. I wouldn't. I definitely wouldn't put it at like the top of Schwarzenegger's list, but it's definitely no. not bottom. No, Def- no, 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 no. It's it's like, where's Where's Jingle All the Way on this list? <laughs> I mean, I. It's still a really. Stop fun... eating my cookies. It's still a really fun movie to watch. Yeah, like, I had fun with it. And it was kind of fun for me because I know I have seen this movie before. So there was I was rewatching it. I was like, oh, yeah, I know what's going to happen now. And oh, yeah, it's going to be this. And oh, yeah, I know. It's, oh, this is going to be good. So it was just kind of like fun to rewatch it because it's been like a really long time since yeah. I've last seen it. I would say if you want a kind of schlocky action movie that takes of some of itself a little bit too seriously and a, yeah. goes a little bit in a weird it, direction. It's like tongue in cheek, but also sometimes that tongue is like out and it's just like, uh, it's not working. That, that tongue has burrowed a hole through that cheek. Yeah. 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 <laughs> one, che- one cheek, fine. Other cheek. Got some problems. Yeah, it reaches a little bit too far trying to accomplish what it wants to be. Yeah. And uh, speaking of movies that reach themselves a little bit too far. Uh, hey, guys, you want to watch Mallrats? Not particularly. Well, guess, <laughs> guess what our next episode is. Yeah. yeah. Continuing the View Askewiverse with Kevin Smith's Mallrats. Do you want to see some people's? Go on weird, long tirades Wanna about see clerks, but just worse in every way. And mm. in a mall. Mm, yeah. Boy. So this is my choice coming up. 
Uh, we're going to be doing mall rats. And guess what, kids? Sometimes the things you enjoyed as a teen don't hold up. Yeah. Oh, really? Your your opinions and views and everything as when you were like a teenager uh, in the '90s, like they haven't they, they haven't stood like stood the test of time. Listen, I'm a, I was a pretty awesome teenager. I know this. Uh, <laughs> that's a boast that I can't hold up. Uh, but yeah, the um, uh, we will be doing mall rats in the next episode. Uh, so uh, first off, I want to go ahead and thank all of you uh, over here uh, for listening. First, uh, thanks, uh, you know, Kyle for coming in. No problem. Uh, Glad Eric. to be here. Yeah, I, I would say this is this is uh, the, I, was thinking, I I think this was a perfect choice for this show. Uh, it was worth seeing. It was good. Yeah, fine choice. You did well. Well, thank you, thank you. you I've done... got I've got more if you're willing to brave it. Oh, I'm. Sure. We can <laughs> have you over. You're no. not far. We can tango, buddy. Oh yeah, we can no, we tango. Can tango. Oh yeah, <laughs> we we could do a best of the worst at some time, and I know we can all fight that battle. Oh God, yes. Um. All right, Eric. Thank you. <clears throat> yeah, Sabrina. Okay. You're welcome. And thank you to all of our wonderful fans out there, especially our Patreon subscribers that go over to sapfriendsclub.com. Well, that's our website. These but this people, is, think about it. These people are out there. They're they're going to a job every day at the steel mill or wherever these, <laughs> wherever these salt work. mines. The salt mines. Or they're, and they're, they're giving us money they're to out talk there, about they're TV out, shows and movies. Yeah, they're out there like shirtlessly cutting down wood, like, you know, like they're, they're like erotic lumberjacks Ooh, or something. They better send us pictures. Yeah, and then they go in there and they like, and they pull that time card and stamp it, and then they get a paycheck, and some of that is going to us, like a bunch of fucking nerds sitting in this room talking about this movie. I feel so honored, but also send me pictures of you working shirtlessly in the field, I please. Feel, I, Sabrina, I can't I wait feel for honored it. and also kind of I'm, turned on. I, I'm just happy to have an opinion while you guys get paid. While well, normally when I get an opinion, I get told to shut up. So um, this is a treat. So, so, so thank you for fueling us. To let you make opinions, I guess. <laughs> I'm, 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 I've lost the train of logic here. <laughs> All right, so uh, so it's Patreon.com/slash/SatFriendsClub, and our great friends are going to be Phoenician Item Crafting, Rodea, Francis, Dan, and Chuck. Thank you all for donating a crossover on the Patreon. Uh, by the way, I should mention early episodes, access to the uh, to the Discord group to hang out with us, and the potential for uh, some of our online episodes to be free listening on there. Uh, so you should join over there. Just to, all it takes is a do- dollar donation to get most of those perks. Yep. So you should uh, you should definitely go jump over there if you like this show and want to help out. Uh, you can also find us over at SatFriendsClub.com, as I mentioned, and also at SatFriendsClub Twitter. Uh, our next episode, as mentioned, is Mallrats. We will get to that next week. Till then, sleep well, everyone. Ta-ta for now. Later.